Welcome to Speaking the Truth in Agape Love Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Mitchell. Welcome back, everyone, to the podcast. I'm Chad Mitchell. Got David Finch. And uh, we're excited to be back with you here on this uh, beautiful evening. We've had some crazy weather, but it's actually pretty nice out there today. Yeah, we got to go out and enjoy it today. So we get a little spring fever today. I'm sure everyone else is ready for spring. <laughs> um, but here in Idaho, we we it slowly comes. So, uh, so when we get good days like today, we can really celebrate and really get excited for spring. But we're, we're glad to be with you here this evening um, talking about um, God's Word and having a study with you tonight. If you have any questions on what we talk about, um, you can send those to truthinagapelove at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're in Blackfoot, come and worship with us. Uh, worship's at 10 a.m. on uh, on Sunday morning, and or class is at 10, worship is at 11. We'd love to have you 370 North Schilling. Um, and so we'd love to have you, if you're in the area, come worship with us at the Blackfoot Church of Christ. Um, but, but this evening, we're going to talk about our lesson yesterday that Brother David brought us. Um, the only word is what it's titled, and our text is Galatians 1. And we're probably be looking at this quite a bit, um, 1 through 10 here as we study. So you're welcome to turn over there and study with us or just listen along. You know, that's what we're here for. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so we're we're looking forward to it. So Dave, where how do you want to start this evening? Well, we can start where where Paul did, and so this is one of Paul's um, typical greetings as as he's writing letters to the various churches. But through this, in verses um, one and two, we see who's writing it and and who he's writing to. You know the the churches. Of Galatia, so there's there's more than one church now. Galatia is actually um, a region, so like how we are in Idaho, mm-hmm. you know that we consider this a state, but it's like a region. So there's a a big area. That's why there's more than one church there. It's not that they're they're divided or anything like that. This is a, a region, so many many cities and and uh, a large area. So that that's why he's writing to the churches. Plural. Um, let's go ahead and, and turn I, over there. I guess he just kind of explains why he's writing, you know, basically that any way that we would maybe send a greeting to someone, mm-hmm. you know, hey, I'm just writing to this or that, you know, and, yeah. and basically that's what he's doing. Although, as we read it, you'll see kind of a rebuke a little bit Yeah. of, yeah. of why he's writing. You know, he, he greets them like anyone else would, and then... But I, ha- I hate to be writing, having to write this because, you know... Of, of your guys' uh, unfaithfulness. Because of what I've heard, yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's something to kind of point out, too, before we get started. Yeah, and, and so what we're going to do is we'll, we'll just start by reading verse uh, 1 through 5 of Galatians chapter 1. Uh, Chad, do you want to read that? Yeah, sure. Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through um, man... But through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren who are with me, to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Alrighty. So in this section, like I said, this is like his... His one of more typical greetings as he would, but you see his love for the brethren. Mm-hmm. You know he's he's constantly uh, grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. And and this peace that he's talking about is the peace of God, which is only found when you are in Christ. You know everything is through Jesus Christ. And Philippians four seven. Uh, it says, "In the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ." Mm-hmm. You know, this is the the peace that he's he's wishing upon them. You know, and but what's important for us to understand is it's always 
when we are faithful to him mm. this is when you receive this this grace and this peace mm-hmm. you know it's not like a uh, how can i put it you just have this peace you know w- once you're baptized into christ like that's all you got to do no it's this he's wishing this continuation of their faithfulness to god so they they continue to receive the grace and the peace from mm-hmm. god and I, I like the fact here in verse four where he says uh uh, let's see, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age. That's We're right. all in this present evil age. Mm-hmm. Both both them and him in this point, and us today. We're, but Christ delivers us, and he's, he's stating that. That's that right. That's something that we can all agree on, you know. Yep. That Christ is delivering us from this present age, and it's a great blessing that we all... Um, rejoice and enjoy. Absolutely. That's a very good point. And, and I like how you brought out verse 4, but notice that he says that he might deliver us. Yeah, he you might. Know, just going back to that remaining faithful to him, mm-hmm. you know, these, these are brethren who need to remain faithful to the Lord, yeah. you know, and only to the Lord. And, and we're going to get into that a little bit later, but only to the Lord. But that's why he says that he might you know, there's that, it's not a guarantee, you mm. know, as as we're getting ready to see 6 through 10, that he's, uh, he has to rebuke them for what they've done. And so, that he might. So there is that, it's a possibility, but it's contingent on our faithfulness to him. It's never just this, you can do whatever you want. And the Lord will will deliver you. No, that's why he says that he might. And the he, of course, being Christ, as he has already mm-hmm. sacrificed his life for him, you know, that's what Christ has done. He has sacrificed himself for us, blessing us with this hope of eternal life, that he might deliver us when we remain faithful to him. When we remain faithful to him, mm-hmm. it, it's a guarantee. And but... Go ahead, Jen. Oh, also, Christ was willing to do this sacrifice. That's right. He was willing, and he didn't have to. Yeah. You know, but he was willing. And I think as Christians, we need to understand that, that he was willing to do it. He didn't have to. Yeah. So how grateful should we be? That's right, that, yeah. That someone willingly did this for us. I'm, I'm glad you brought that out. I was about to overlook that. But, yeah, that his the free will offering that Christ made yeah. is the is a sacrifice of the purest form. You know, we, we talked about, like, in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. they sacrificed these animals. Well, it, it wasn't a more of a free will offering because the, the animal being sacrificed wasn't, wasn't willing, you know. <laughs> but but the, the sacrifice of Christ was a, a free will offering of the purest form because he willingly mm-hmm. went, you know. And, and when you... It's kind of like a police officer or a soldier or something like someone like that. We talk about soldiers, yeah, willingly giving their life. They know, you know, they that for someone they don't know, yeah, you know, or 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 providing a service for somebody like police officers or you know things like that for people they don't know, providing a service for free, basically, right. Um, you know, and Christ definitely. What are we going to give Him? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, and although we give Him our love and our obedience and things like that. Yeah, and that's all we can give that's Him. That's all we can give Him, but but He doesn't need anything from us. That's right. And you know, you talked about soldiers, and 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 I'm not trying to downplay soldiers at all. They're it's such an honorable sacrifice that they yeah. make, but mm-hmm. they. They go into service knowing that that is a possibility. Absolutely. Whereas in on yeah. the flip side, there's also a possibility that they they will be able to go home. That's right. Which again, I'm not downplaying their no. sacrifice at all. But Christ, he knew he was going to go through this before he even began. Like it wasn't a possibility that he was going to get past it. He mm-hmm. knew it was coming. Yeah. And and again, so that that's what makes it such an amazing sacrifice is this he still willingly went. Yeah. 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 So that's that's one good thing. Not you know, we kinda get sidetracked a little, but 
it was it's a belief where he greeted him the way he greeted him was beliefs that we all agree on or that we all should embrace yeah well and, and the reason the reason why he did it um is to bring us to him but what a lot of people don't realize is we have to serve him his way you know there's that it has to be his way he is lord he is he Mm -hmm. is our master you know and and i like using the term slave now a lot of people would prefer uh servant right where Mm -hmm. You know, we are a servant to him, which is is the same meaning, but I like the term slave because it reminds me of how I need to obey. I have a responsibility to obey him, his way. And, and, you know, when you look at a master-slave relationship, if you don't do what your master tells you to do, you're going to be punished for it. Yeah. You know, whereas in... um, to me, a servant almost sounds like a, a hired hand, you know, where uh, if he doesn't do his job, he's just fired. Well, slave is the indication that there's this punishment awaiting you if you are not faithful to your master. And uh, in Ephesians 4, turn over there with us. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, we, we have this um, need to try to work together to go to keep seeking the Lord his way and and how we all come together to keep one another pure is, is really explained here and, and this is how we are to approach one another Ephesians 4 1 through 3 it says I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness with long suffering bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And so this is how we are to work together to maintain our faithfulness to the Lord. You know, if it was just, if we were just to go at it alone, Mm -hmm. you know, we wouldn't make it. We need others around us to surround ourselves with Others seeking the Lord, seeking the, the the same path. Because how many times do you need someone to point out that you're being a hypocrite? You know, it, it happens. We we tend to, to point the finger at others, not realizing that there's three pointing back at us. Yeah. You know, and, and so we need one another to keep to keep us walking on the same right path. The mm-hmm. the only word of the Lord. You know, when when we go to the Word of God we have two options. We can either accept it the way it is, or we can try to change it some way to fit our lives. Now, if it was just us, it would be so much easier to twist the word to fit your life, you know, where uh, it'll be all right. You know, I've caught myself doing the same thing until my wife's like, hey, that's, that's not right. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. You know, and so... To keep one another honest, to keep one another pure, and seeking the only the Word of God, the only Word, I should say, we need one another. Mm-hmm. And I think as we go on here in Galatians, we'll understand what Paul's talking about and why he would greet them this, this way. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I did kind of get a little ahead of myself there. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, John 1.1 1, 1 refers to Christ as the Word. Now, that's key because he is the only one to get us to heaven. He is the only one to show us the right path. Mm-hmm. And that's why his walk on, on the earth was so important to us. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he lived perfectly. He showed us the perfect way to the Father. And he is the only word of God. Yeah. And so... Um, I didn't have anything else, Chad. Did you? No. Okay. I think we sh- we we can read um, continue reading there in Galatians. That's 1. right. That's where I was going to go. So let's read um, Galatians one five through nine. Um, and here we're going to see that we we uh, we can't add to His Word or take away from it. So here He says, starting in verse six of Galatians chapter one, I marvel 
that you are turning away so soon from him who called you into the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. And so, you know, when you look at the region of Galatia, if you're looking at a map and you see the um, Paul's missionary journeys, he has three of them, it almost looks like he doesn't even go into that region. Um, but regardless, these, these churches in Galatia, it kind of comes across like they are, they could be a lot of um, what I, I call babes in Christ, where they're, they have just been baptized into the Lord and they're, they're beginning their walk with the Lord. And I say that because at the beginning here he says um, that you are removed so soon from him who called you. And so they, it, the indication behind it is they, they have just come to the Lord and they are so soon removed. They, you know, they, they've removed themselves from the Lord. You know, and he, he says to a different gospel. Yeah. And we're going to kind of dig into that a little bit. But he says, he goes on to say, which, is, which isn't a different, but a perverted gospel. Mm-hmm. And so any time that you add your think so or your your beliefs into the word where god has not established it it's a different gospel or a perverted gospel you know and and kind of playing uh play on the words there a perverted gospel is a different gospel and and so this is what he's illustrating here he's like you you cannot change the word of god the Word of God is established and will remain established forever. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, when you look at Galatians 3.15, Revelations 22.18 and 19, actually, let's turn to, to Revelation 22. I like it, how it's put there. Revelation 22.18 and 19. And Chad, if you want to read that when you get there, go ahead. Revelations twenty two eighteen and 19. Mm-hmm. For I testify to everyone who hears the word of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. So... Not only can we not add to it, but we can't take away from it. What God has established, it has to remain that way. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing, coming into the New Testament, Christ dealt a lot with the, the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, which are different sects of Jews. And so, he was dealing a lot with their hypocrisy and what they would do, their their forefathers and, and all that would actually try to build a hedge around the law of God mm-hmm. so people couldn't even get to the law to break it. So they were they were really adding a lot to it mm-hmm. to kind of uh, buffer it so, that, so you couldn't even get to the law to break it. So well, I have a question for you. Yeah. What would you say to the people who say that it just means the book of Revelations? Well, it's also in Galatians three fifteen. Mm-hmm. So if it's if he repeats himself, then clearly it's not just for the book of Revelation. Yeah, you know where. Uh, it's a question that a lot of folks have. It is, and, especially and, around here. Yeah, and so um, if you prefer that, I wouldn't even argue with him because it says it everywhere else in the Scripture as well. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. It, it's good to point that out as yeah. well, though, because he's not just talking about the book of Revelation. He's talking about God's written word. Yeah. And in, in uh, Galatians 3.15, this is Paul speaking here. It says, Brethren, I speak in the manner of men, 
though it is only a man's covenant. So he's talking about the epistles that they're writing. Yet if it is confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. So again, he's saying do not add to the word or do not take away from it. So you have that same uh, same command there mm-hmm. where I, I like how it's put in Revelation because it's actually um, more put out, you know, where... Yeah. I got, I got the, a couple cross-references. You want me to read them? Yeah, please. So Deuteronomy 4.2. Yep. says, You shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take from it. That So this is just talking about the word which I command you. Yeah. Nor take away from it that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. He's talking about the commandments of the Lord. That's right. Do not add to or take away from them. Yep. And... There's also another one, Proverbs 36. Go for it, yep. Do not add to this word, lest he rebuke you, and you be found a liar. That's right. So, And, and there he's talking about adding to it. Yeah. When you add to it, you will be proven a liar. Yeah. And, and we see that a lot. And then Deuteronomy 29, 29. Okay. Uh, turn over there with me. I just wanted to bring that out because that's a question I get have gotten a lot um, when I bring that up in studies you know with folks around in this area yeah they're like oh that's just revelation yeah you know so that's why i wanted to bring up kind of talk about it because it it's important to know it is it's not just there yeah and and what's funny is and then when you point it out in other places in scripture then they can't say anything because mm-hmm. it's what'd you say deuteronomy 29 yeah 29 verse 29 okay so here you know a lot of people try to dig into the silence of scripture where God never said we couldn't do it, kind of attitude, right? Yeah. And so Deuteronomy 29, verse 29, it says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. So if it's silent, that silence belongs to God. It is not your place to dig into it and try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. No, we have everything we need. If it's silent, we don't need to know it. You know, um, a lot of times people try to dig into silence thinking that they have to They have to know. No, you don't. If God says you don't have to know it, guess what? You don't have to know it. <laughs> yeah. You know, God gives us everything we need to get to Him. Mm-hmm. And He lays it out for us. So that's what we need. If it's mm-hmm. revealed, it's revealed so that we can obey His Word. Mm-hmm. So... Very good point to bring out, Chad, mm-hmm. because you're right. And I, I have heard that argument where it, it's really only revelation. Well, if it was only revelation, then it wouldn't be written everywhere else throughout Scripture mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. I like revelation because it, it actually, um, you kind of have the notion, when you look at the, the ten plagues mm-hmm. in, in uh, Exodus, those are some pretty, pretty bad plagues. You know? yeah. And so... Uh, yeah, we don't want those on us. No. Definitely not. They they were not pleasant to the Egyptians. Just go see how much um, Pharaoh liked them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially the firstborns all dying, right? Yeah. The the tenth and final plague. But this, so what he's saying here is, you know, going back to to our text, Galatians one uh, five through nine, he's saying no one can add to it, no one can take away from it. And that is definitely a problem that we see today. You know, when you when you look, go ahead and Google it. There are forty five thousand different denominations, all claiming to follow Christ, all claiming to be followers of Christ, faithful to Christ. But there's only one way. There's only one word, and yet they they all have different beliefs. They all have different uh, faiths, and and yet there's only one. You know, going back to Ephesians 4, 5, we didn't read that. We read uh, Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. But when you continue on in that text, verses 5 says, One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Mm -hmm. There's only one way that we can please God. Only one way. And, you know, uh, Matthew 7, 13 and 14, difficult is the way. It's not that it's... It's difficult in that we can't understand it. It's difficult because nobody wants to follow him mm-hmm. and only his word. Mm-hmm. You know, there there is only one word rather than, 
you know, there's so many ways to, to please him. No, nope, there's only one way to please him, and that's why it's difficult. Because people don't want to change their life to fit the word. And so we, we definitely see this, um, this problem that, they, that we have where there's, there's so many different denominations. Well, what was the verse that my dad was bring, always, uh, it's his... He th- his go-to? Yeah, what was that verse? First uh, Corinthians 13, verse 10. Doesn't that... I'm, I'm thinking on the fly here. Yeah, that's fine. I try to do that too sometimes. First Corinthians 13, verse 10. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of people justify that, um, saying that they, I can't remember if that, I can't remember that point here that I was thinking of. Basically dealing with all the different religions that this justifies all the diff we're all on the same page we're just different branches you know oh yeah well and when you look at uh romans turn over with me romans. that's what i'm thinking right now because a lot of people say well we all we're all growing from the same trunk you know yeah we're just different branches that's right and that's what i'm trying to think of yeah and they, they go to texts like uh romans 11 let me see here we'll go We can just read uh, 11 and following. Romans 11, starting verse 11. I I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? Certainly not, but through their fall to provoke them to jealousy. Salvation has come to the Gentiles. Now if their fall is riches for the world and their failure riches for the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? For I speak to the Gentiles, inasmuch as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry. If by any means I may provoke to jealousy those who are my flesh, and save some of them. For if their being cast away is the reconciling of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit is holy... The lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. So here's where it starts to get into, uh, I think, what you were uh, talking about, Chad. Okay. Continuing on to verse 17. And if some of the branches were broken off, and you, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them became a partaker of the root and fatness of the olive tree, do not boast against the branches. But if you do boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. You will say then, branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well said. Because of unbelief they were broken off, and you stand by faith. Do not be haughty, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he may not spare you either. And so, let me pause there. So, these branches that he's talking about, a lot of people say that these branches are um, different denominations. But I wanted to keep it into text because when you when you keep it into context, you see that he's talking to us as individuals. You know these these ones that were broken off. He's he's talking about these Jews that refused to accept him. They were broken off because of unbelief, and we were grafted in as Gentiles. We were grafted in to this, you know, as wild olive trees or wild bran- olive branches grafted into the root. You know the 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 olive root. And so here he's he's speaking to us as individuals, not congregations mm-hmm. or different denominations. And that's where people try to go with what you're talking about. They try to say, well, you know, each uh, denomination is a branch. That's not what he's saying here. You know, you would to get that, you would have to take what he's saying out of context. Yeah. And so Context is key, and I've said this before, but context is certainly key to understanding the Word of God. And so, but that's where a lot of people go. So then to continue, he says, Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God. On those who fail, severity, but towards you, goodness. 
But then notice, he says, if you continue in his goodness, otherwise you also will be cut off. So, you know, understanding that um, we have to continue in his goodness, and that's kind of where we started this evening, you know, this continuing in his goodness is what we need to do. And basically, we've been grafted into Christ, just like a branch would be into like an olive tree. You know, we've we've been grafted into Christ. Yeah. Yep. The roots support us. We don't support the root. That's right. And we talked about that with Christ already. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't we don't owe him anything, but he but he's giving us everything. Yeah. Uh, let me see, because you're absolutely right. And he, so that's why we cannot boast in the Lord. You know, and that's kind of what the uh, the attitude of the the church at Corinth was in First Corinthians five. You mm-hmm. know, they instead of rebuking the the brother who was sinning, they were boasting in it. You know, yeah. we're, we're so full of love that mm-hmm. uh, we just love them. You know, we're so full of love, but that's not the love that that we're commanded to have for one another. You know, and and in First Corinthians five. Paul was actually not condemning the man mm-hmm. who was sleeping with his father's wife. He was already condemned. Mm-hmm. He was condemning the congregation for not doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. And so, again, going back to what I was talking about, how we work together to keep one another pure. You know, that's what he was commanding them in 1 Corinthians 5 is, you guys got to work together to keep everyone pure. He is not pure. And if he stays in the state that he's in, until he dies, he will spend eternity in hell. Mm-hmm. So there's this this serious um, issue of not condemning him. You know, it, it's it's trying to show him we cannot um, support your actions. Being in the Lord, we have to remain pure. You know, be holy for I am holy. First Peter one sixteen. Mm-hmm. And so. This is the only way that we can all be in like mind together is going to the one word. Mm. You know, when you start putting your think so and your wants and your desires into the word, if you are allowed to do it, then you have to allow everyone else to do it. And everyone, everyone in the congregation is corrupt Mm. because you're not following the one word of God. I like to explain it like this, uh, Everyone just got done paying their taxes, I think, you know, in, in the United States. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> if, if not, you should have been at the post office today, an hour ago. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but um, when you look at the tax laws of this nation from the beginning until now mm-hmm. and how complicated they are now, I, I think if you stacked up the all the laws into a one book, it'd be like, two stories high you yeah know? i mean it's it's ridiculous all the tax laws that we have and different loopholes and different yeah. and it's all because it was it was put together by men who had a great idea <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know and and there's 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 even some tax laws that contradict each other mm-hmm. you know <laughs> and and so explain that that was put together by men right yeah god didn't make it that complicated when God put it together, it was simple. That's right. You know, and and it and it was something that um, was provable by the um, the uh, archaeological the, well, the the uh, miracles and the mm. the um, uh, prophecies and yeah. the fulfillment of prophecies from years. You know, we've talked about this on here. Yeah. How how could you not believe that this happened? And you, ha- it happened in this way, just like how Jesus was born. Yeah, you know, and all the prophecies and all the things that had to be linked together just right. That's right. To 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 prove it was prophesied this way, and look, it happened. Yeah, you know, and but yet it's not complicated. Yeah, like so many things in this world get thanks to man and politicians and you know leaders, kings presidents yeah senators when they all get together get all the good ideas you know it just gets complicated yeah i mean 
it's one of the reasons why we don't work like working for the government. I know in I our, didn't. In our in our company, <laughs> yeah. We, everyone asks us, "Why don't you work at the site? Why don't you guys do site work for the government?" It's too much paperwork. Yeah, it's a pain in, in the rear. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it is. Uh, whereas we can do private jobs and work for private companies, it is so much easier to work for them than mm-hmm. it is the government. Yeah, I think anyone who works in government knows that. Yeah, you know because oh, you yeah. worked for the post office. Yep, and I was not a fan of that. And even some of that is creeping into our private jobs too. The safety and that we just can't do anything. Yeah. Without having to fill the form out that f- so that you can fill out the form, you know, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Well, and 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 we did, yeah, just got humans complicate things, but God didn't. That's right. And you know what's funny about it is as we're looking at the the laws, you know, when you're traveling, when you're traveling um, over. Um, state lines and everything you have to you're expected to know the laws of the land you know where you can't you can't be um a law-abiding citizen your way can you oh no like, absolutely like you, not. you can't well that one doesn't make sense to me so i'm not going to follow it <laughs> yeah we know that that wouldn't work for us in the laws of the land why do we think that that would work for us in the law of god where mm. The laws of the land are imperfect. They're they're written by imperfect people, and yet we understand that we still have to follow them. This is written by the perfect God and Father of our Lord. You know, it was written from a perfect Father. Why would you not think or understand that you have to serve Him His way, the way He prescribes? Mm-hmm. You know, and and so that's that's really what it comes down to, and it's it really comes down to. Uh, our attitude towards the Word of God as well. Well, and like you could say, just as simple as this, uh, I think the stoplights are silly. I'm just going to quit obeying them. Yeah, I'm just going to run right through those stoplights, yeah. you know. And and I mean, they're stupid. That You know, they don't make any sense, and I get tired of waiting on them. Okay? Yeah. See how long that gets you. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> you're going to get T-boned. Good, good luck with that. <laughs> and but if you're not going to get T-boned, you're going to get pulled over. You're going to get pulled over or hit one of the two. Yeah. So... But, but yeah, um, we can't just pick and choose which laws we're going to follow. <laughs> Can you imagine telling a cop, yeah, I just didn't want to serve. Yeah, I didn't, just didn't, <laughs> I just didn't do want that. to stop, so let me go. I'm sure it happens, you know, more <laughs> than we realize. But, yeah. But, yeah, some of the traffic laws we don't get, but we follow them because it, it cre- creates order. And, and you know, we're, we're also commanded to follow the laws of the land. That's right. As well. But, but, but. You know, th- there's a lot of things um, that we could make fun of, you know, in the in the things that men put together. Yeah. But what God put down, it's it's gold. Yeah. It's it's a standard that we can follow, and you know, like we talked, uh, it uh, for Christians, uh, it's the same as long as you're following the same blueprint. That's right. We can all follow the same blueprint, and we can we can see Christians. On the other side of the world, and they they act this exact same as we do because we're following the same standard. The one word of God. The, the one word, of, word God. of God. Yeah. yeah. And, and and you could go, and we've both done it. We've gone and and worship with brethren, you know, far away, and mm-hmm. it they're doing the exact same thing that we are. Well, that's yep. because we're looking at the same blueprint, and it's simple and it's easy to figure out if you just put your biases away, mm-hmm. not try to prove something. Or justify something in our lives. Yeah. You know, we've talked about that before. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's a, good, it's a good good thing. And and so, here's where it really starts getting intense. Um, because when you continue on, you know, talking about the, the only word of God, the Apostle Paul here says, even if we, mm-hmm. as, you know, speaking of the apostles, these mm-hmm. are inspired Men of God, and even if they give you something that what has not already been established, or something other than what has already been established, they are to be accursed. Mm-hmm. These are, and the word "inspired" means God breathed. So these are, they are speaking the words of God. And if they, as they speak, if they um, speak anything contrary or goes against what has already been established. You are to make sure that they are accursed. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, Paul, 
we know he's an apostle. You know, we, we talked about this in, in Mark 16, verse 18. Now, I'm bringing this out because this is, this is proof that Paul is indeed um, an apostle of Christ. And, and the reason why I'm bringing this out, because so many people, as Paul even says himself, that he, is, he was born out of due time, you know, an apostle born out of due time. And so people try to say that he's not an apostle. Well, this is proving that he is an apostle. Mark 16, verse 18 this is Christ speaking, by the way. He says, They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So here he's talking about if they drink deadly poison, if they, if they take up a, a poisonous uh, viper and get bitten, they will not be hurt by it. You know, it, it wouldn't kill them. Whereas in if it was someone else and they were bitten by a viper they would die, you know, and Paul is the only recorded apostle to actually fulfill what is what Christ is saying. Um, in Acts 28, 3 through 5. I was just looking for that. Yeah. Let me see. Okay. Acts 28. Yeah. And this is right when the their ship they were shipwrecked on the island called uh, Malta. And so starting in verse 3, do you want to read that? Three yeah, through sure. Five? So 28, Acts 28, 3 through 5. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer whom whom though he has escaped the sea, yet just justice does not allow to live. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. However, they were um, expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. Yeah. And notice here, it uses the term little, you know, little G, God, um, they recognized that no one of their own power could do what he just did. Mm -hmm. And that's why they called him a God. They're like, well, clearly he's not human because there's no way that can happen. Well, How and they're the natives of this island. They've seen it happen before, obviously. Oh, yeah. From this same snake. Yeah. And, and you know, no doubt, even not just in Malta, the, the island of Malta, I'm sure everywhere. This viper kills people because there's they don't have antivenom like we do today, right? And so they see him get bit and they're like, surely he is guilty. You know, he, he must be a murderer because even though he escaped the sea, fate or, you know, there's no way that he could, um, he's justified by, he's going to die. And so... After he shook it off and no harm came to him and they they were watching him and he never got hurt, he never swelled up, never did anything, they're they're like, Yeah, he, he must be of divine power somehow, you know. Well, and at first they had condemned him because they said, That's Well right. look, you survived the shipwreck, but yet you must be a murderer. You must be a murderer because remember, what were they hauling? Prisoners. That's right, yeah. You know, so there was undoubtedly a murderer amongst them. At least one, I'm sure. At least one. And so um, they like, undoubtedly you're a murderer and you deserve to die because you sh you didn't die in the shipwreck, but you probably should have. And now God's going to strike you down this way with a serpent. That's right. God's going to make sure that you die. Mm -hmm. and, and so, but Paul is the only one recorded to fulfill the prophecy of what Christ was speaking back in Mark 16, 18. And so... This right here proves Christ to or proves um, Paul to be an apostle, mm -hmm. and and so as an apostle, their jobs were to simply expand on the word of God, not mm -hmm. to add to it or take away from it, but to expand on it. So where where perhaps Christ is silent, just expanding 
on what they don't know, you know, or, or what has not been established yet. But in no way are they adding to his word or taking away from it. They're merely expanding on it. And we see that in 1 Corinthians. I think this is a good one to go to. Um, Okay, so we, we got a little bit. So 1 Corinthians chapter 7. We're going to look at verse 1. And, and we're going to look here. It says, Now concerning the things of which you wrote to me. So this is, this is Paul um, writing back to the church at Corinth because they were asking him questions. So they wrote letters to him asking questions. So he's, he's merely answering their questions, okay? And the topic is marriage, divorce, and, you know, remarriage, or, or when is it okay, or, or what? And then when you skip down to verse 10, keeping in mind he is simply answering their questions, he says, Now to the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord. So what he's saying here is Christ said back in Matthew 19.9, Matthew 5.32, you know, this is what Christ has already said. Mm -hmm. So he's speaking on what Christ has already said to them. Mm -hmm. And then when you skip down to verse 12, he says, But to the rest, I, not the Lord, say. Now, so what he's trying to say here, he's not, there's this um, false belief they're calling it the Pauline privilege. I don't know if you ever heard of that term. No, I haven't. Um, so the Pauline privilege is trying to say, well, here, Paul is contradicting what Christ has already said, and it's okay because now he's he's establishing something new. But that's not what is going on here. He's, he's merely expanding on what Christ has already taught. So Christ has already taught this thing, but now to answer more of your questions, I'm going to expand now, he didn't say this, but this is what's going on. And he's doing that because this was a mystery in Christ. This was, this was a mystery. And according to Ephesians 3, 3 and 4, Paul came to um, reveal the mysteries of Christ. And so this is what he's doing right here. He's not adding to the Word of God or, or changing it. He is merely expanding on it. And that was the work of the apostles. This is what the apostles' job or duty was, was to expand on the mysteries of Christ, on the mysteries of His Word. And so that's important for us to understand as, as we kind of go through looking at what Paul is now talking about in Galatians 1, where he says, even if we, being the apostles, even if we give you any other word than what you've already received, let him be accursed. And this is why the Bereans in Acts 17 verse 11 were commended for being more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica because they went home and studied daily those things which, were, which they were being taught. Who were they being taught by? They were being taught by the apostles. And yet they still went home and studied themselves approved. Yeah. They didn't take their word for it. They went and checked it. That's right. And and they didn't have the, the New Testament to go off of. They went off of the old law. Yeah. You know, they were they went home and they studied to make sure that what they were saying did not contradict God already. You know, the things that have already been established. So Again, their job is to merely expand on the Word of God, mm. not to change it, not to add to it or take away from it. It's merely to expand on, on what's, um, what hasn't been established yet. Mm -hmm. And so that's their job. Okay. Uh, did you have any other thoughts on that before no, we continue I just, on? Um, I think the biggest thing is, is Christ was just enforcing what Christ or Paul was just enforcing what Christ said. That's right. Um, you know, do not do not divorce. You know. Mm -hmm. And it, I don't know. Do you did you read the one from Ephesians three three? Yeah. Well, no, I didn't. Um, we don't have to. 
Well, that, I was just that talking, about, he was the talking about the mysteries. Yeah. yeah, the mystery. He revealed the mystery. Yeah. And so that's their job. So as he's saying here, going back to Galatians 1, 8, he's saying that even if we as apostles give you any other word. Now that is, when you look at the apostles and, and they were inspired men of God and looking at, um, it's their job to expand mm-hmm. on it. If they add anything other than what has already been established, let them be accursed. Even the, the inspired men of God, and that is such a powerful statement, right? But then he adds to it. You know, it, it, it reminds me of, of someone that's trying to prove that they're telling the truth. You know, they're like, check me, double check me. Yeah. You know, they're like, go look, go look for yourself. You mm-hmm. know, you, you know, our kids do it, you know. I'm telling the truth, I promise, you know. <laughs> but that's kind of what it seems like here. He has nothing to hide. He's telling the truth. That's right. Check me. I'm double yeah. check me against Christ. Yeah. What he said. You know, that that it's not the approach that someone would have if they're trying to um come up with something new. Yeah. That's not how someone would be if you had something kind of shady or a little iffy, are you gonna say, double check me? Yeah. No. <laughs> or, or or investigate this, you know, to see if it's right. Yeah. People aren't gonna say that. If it's a little shady or a little iffy. Yeah. You know. Well, and that's kind of what, what you and I do as well. Mm-hmm. You know, as as we're talking, check us out. Make yeah. sure we're you know, oh, don't yeah. just and take our word for it. Look at even up. yeah, like what we're doing here tonight. Basically, Chad and David are just telling you what the Bible says. That's right. What has already it's been established. It's not what David thinks or what I think. It's, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at, at his word the best we can to understand what it means. Yeah. You know. And, and, then, and, it, and it's like, and you too, those listening, double check us. Yeah. Go look at these verses. See for yourself. Absolutely. You know, um, you know work out your own salvation, you know. Philippians 2.12. Yeah. And, and that's what we all have to do. We can't just take someone's word for it. No, and nor, nor <laughs> and, should we. And Paul doesn't want you to do that either. Right. They didn't, he didn't want them to take the, his word for it. Yeah. And He's he, saying, hey, look, this is what Jesus said. You know? Yep. And don't even take his word for it. And and he, in that, in this statement where even if we, you know, give you any other word, that is such a humbling um, statement, you know? Being an inspired man of God, everyone always looks to the apostles for guidance and direction. Mm-hmm. It it takes a very humbling man to be able to say something along the lines of, go check me, you mm-hmm. know, make sure that I'm speaking correctly. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's one of the ways that we can prove truth, truthfulness, Yeah, you know, is um, go look, go look for yourselves. That's right. Don't take my word for it. Yep. And and so as that is already such a powerful statement, you know, as Paul saying these, go check us, you know, that's a very powerful statement. But then he goes on to say, or even if an angel from heaven mm-hmm. give you any other word. So even if an angel from heaven give you a word which contradicts what has already been established, let them be accursed. Now, when you look at... At the great men of faith in the Old Testament, like Abraham, Lot, Gideon, you know, Blem, who, take your pick, you know, whenever they were approached by an angel from heaven, they were always humbled, so humbled before them, like bowing before them and showing um, honor and bestowing honor upon these, um, these angels from heaven. And yet, even if they give you another word, mm-hmm. so not just the inspired men of God, but even if an angel from heaven gives you another word that contradicts what has already been established, let even them be accursed. Yeah, and I love uh, verse 10 of Galatians 1, where he says, um, For do I now persuade men or God? Mm -hmm. You know, who was Paul trying to please, men or God? Yeah. You know, and I think that's a good question for any religious leader or anyone that's going to try to persuade you religiously that's a that's a motivation we need to look at that's right are you trying to please men or god yeah and and that's what paul's saying here yeah and at the end of that verse he says 
for if I was yeah for if I still pleased men I would not be a bond servant of Christ that's right and it's true yep <laughs> so if you have someone seeking to please men you know as uh, Paul was writing to Timothy talking about you know false teachers people falling away they have itching ears you know they're 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 seeking someone to tell them what they want to hear that's a false teacher that that will change the word of God to to tell you what you want to hear. You know, say, Chad, if, if you were in a uh, living in fornication, you know, mm-hmm. or yeah. you're married, so it would be an adulterous relation, you know, and yeah. you're being with someone outside of your wife, mm-hmm. me coming to you, oh, you're okay, Chad, you're fine. Yeah. No, that's that's not what God says, you know. Well, and I think people kind of um, pick their religions that way. Absolutely. Um, say they want to, I don't want to give up alcohol, so I'm going to go be with whoever's, which which religion allows alcohol? You know, I've heard people say. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh boy, you know, and and basically they're just looking to please men. Yeah. And and make themselves feel good. Please themselves, yeah. And you know, what's scary is no one has the attitude of, well, what does God exactly. want me to say? You know, yeah. what does God want yeah. me to do? Yeah. That's never even a thought to them. It's no. how can I serve God my way? Yeah. And and that's also why I like the term slave and master where a slave doesn't get to choose how to serve his master like can you imagine you know a slave back in the old days where yeah, yeah I, i'm not going to do that I'll, I'll i'll serve you master as long as i can do it my way yeah that's not going to fly you're not yeah. gonna nope that's not how it works you know well, well and two you know um humans lie okay mm-hmm. but does god you know, you've got Hebrews six eighteen here. That's right. That by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong con- con- consolation who have fled the refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. Yeah. God doesn't lie. No. And, he, and not only does he not lie, and it, it's impossible for him to lie. Yeah. It's impossible. Now, every man, it's possible for every man to mm-hmm. lie, even mm-hmm. if they don't. It's possible, you know, where, for example, uh, Peter, the great apostle Peter, when he was faced with it, you know, he denied Christ three times. Yeah. He lied. He's right before that. He said he wouldn't, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. But everyone's capable of lying, but God actually cannot lie. It's impossible for him to lie. So once he has established his word, the perfect word of God, it's it's established. The Bible is complete. Lacking nothing. And and a lot of times people think, well, there's silence there. Well, yeah, because we don't need to know it. And they, they think that they need to add to it because of the silence, where we have to know what's in the silence. No, we don't. Yeah. And so, you know, that's something that we need to understand as well. That we don't need to know what is silent. We need to know what has what is written and, and serve him his way. Because once it's established, as it is, it cannot change. It, yeah. it actually cannot change because God has already established it. Therefore, it cannot change. So, you know, to, to play on those um, words, as people say, it's it's written in stone, kind of like the Ten Commandments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Word of God is written in stone. It, it cannot change. And so even if an apostle or an inspired man of God or an angel from heaven give you any other word, let him be accursed. And again, those are such powerful statements. And then you see he repeats himself. So, you know, in verse um, 8 and 9, he repeats himself. So I said before, so I now say again, in verse 9, if anyone, and he goes on to, to add to that, if anyone gives you any other word than what has already been established, let him be accursed. So he's saying anyone, not just an apostle or an angel from heaven. If anyone, you know, um, I was, oh, go ahead. I was just saying like, it's, it's good for us to understand the motivation that Paul had here. Yeah. You know, he wasn't in it for money or anything else. And I think, (laughs) I think, or, or to please man or, or to, to be, Hey, I got the most books in the Bible, you know? Yeah. But if you look at Philippians 3, what Paul says here, you know, um, Philippians three twelve through 14, I want to read that. And then that's probably all we got time for because we're about out of time. But 
Already? Yeah, already. Man. <laughs> but I just want to read this real quick, starting in verse 12. Um, Not that I have already attained or am already perfect, perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, um, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Yes. That's the goal. That is so powerful. That's the goal right there. That yep. Why do we do this? For the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And uh, you said that was probably the last of it, but I think Ecclesiastes. Go ahead. Uh, let me get there so I don't take that out of context. Ecclesiastes 12, 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God mm-hmm. and keep His commandments, for this is man's all. Mm-hmm. Our all is to fear God and keep His commandments. Don't change it. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. Serve Him His way. And that is our goal. And that yeah. is our purpose here and on this life. Verse 14 there, too. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Yeah. We will answer for what we've yeah. done. Yeah. And, Everything. And, and you know, that's why we got to keep working. Like Paul said, just got to keep on working. That's right. And that's what he did, and that's what we, we have to do. Yeah. So, so let's, let's, let us not um, serve man or let us not follow man, but mm-hmm. rather only mm-hmm. follow God. Yeah. And, and if anyone tells you anything other than... The word of God, let him be accursed. Mm-hmm. Even if that means your preacher, me, yeah. Chad, yeah. anyone. Anyone. You know, and if I do speak anything contrary to the word of God, please let me know. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to be wrong facing God on judgment day. Mm-hmm. And that's the only word. That's right. <laughs> that's God's the word. only word. So Amen. Th- thanks, folks, for being with us um, this evening. Hopefully you've enjoyed our study. I sure have. I know David has. Oh, yeah. And uh, we'll be looking forward to another one next week. And so uh, send us an email if you have any questions, um, and we'd love to hear from you. So have a good evening. See you later.